This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, and my guest today is Joyce Vonderlele, who's a mindset mentor, creative strategist, and artist. She's the founder of the Fierce Female Force and the creator of Find Your Force programs for multi-passionate entrepreneurial women. Having survived a string of challenging situations topped by a long series of devastating earthquakes in, in 2010 and 11 and losing almost all she had, Joyce managed to rise back up and turn the odds in her favor. She likes to call herself a thriving artist and is the provider for her family. An intuitive, creative, renaissance soul herself, she started creating ways to keep her mindset under control and keep the family unit whole at the same time. Now she uses these tools to help other women explore and find their creative blend of unique of feminine energy, mindset, and creativity present within. With her innovative approach, Joyce weaves creative exercises and projects into the process, and her passion is freedom, independence, and fun for all. So welcome, Joyce. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure, yes. Well, thank you. I'm really excited. So, um, I, you know, we talk all the time about starving artists. How do you feel about that phrase? Well, so that's the one that I like to erase from the dictionary or the use in, in, in language about artists. Um, it is a common belief and, and thought that artists cannot be successful in financially in business until they die. Um, I think it's a myth because it is just like any other job or work that you choose to do if you apply yourself well and if you can think outside of the box and luckily most creatives can uh, then it is very possible to turn it into a career it's just not what society has brought us up to believe and gears towards um, so so it is very much thinking outside of the box and applying yourself in, in creative ways. And then it is very much possible to be a thriving artist rather. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that you say that you are a thriving artist. So um, it, because our society has been, boy, my entire life I've heard about artists and, and how they, um, how they are never have any money. They're never successful unless, as you said, after they die. And I know that at one point my mother was an art collector and she was collecting these bunch of things from a guy who was like 80 some odd years old. And I said, why are you doing that? And she said, because they're really going to be valuable once he dies. And, <laughs> and the odd part was, is they weren't. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think that, you know, he was just, he had a very successful career selling them while he was living. And mm -hmm. You know, he was he was well known, well renowned. So we just do have this, we have this thing in society about what is acceptable to do for a living and what isn't. I grew up the same way. Um, even though my parents were supportive of the things that I did and the interests that I had, um, when I went to school, it was expected that you choose something normal, you know, like 
go and go and go to law school. You've got the brains for it. So why would you uh, paint? You know, uh, things like that. Luckily, I was so fortunate to have two very, very good arts teachers um, during high school. Or in hindsight, they have been very good for me. The first art teacher I had in high school um, was an, an older lady. And uh, she said, you don't need to be uh, talented to be good at art. You need to have a lot of curiosity. And she actually encouraged us to be more curious. She had these little exercises to, uh, to grow and, and, and make our curiosity bigger. And it was really fun. She, she gave the, those to, to the ones that showed interest in art. And so, so I became, I was always a curious mind and I became more curious because of the exercises that she gave us and, and the things that she um, explained for, uh, to us to, to, to look at in life and in the world. Um, and then I went to another high school and I had an art teacher who, who suggested um, to always make sure that you could teach. He said, listen, you know, if you get a, uh, a teaching degree, then you can always do what you love and you never have to have it just as a hobby because that is usually what people say is, you know, if you have any creative um, interest, take a normal job to pay the bills and then do your creative stuff on the side. Like it's always less important than the main uh, the main thing that you do for an income. And, and so he encouraged us um, to, to, if you wanted to do something creative in your life, to find a way that you could teach it so that that would be um, your income to pay the bills and then still you would be doing the thing that you love. And, mm -hmm. and so those two, two combined, they were really important in, in the back of my mind to, to say, Yes, it is possible. Even though I did try and and make my parents happy and have a normal job and you know and, and fit in because that's the thing you try to fit in society, you fit in the boxes that are set how to live your life. And creatives often need to be outside of those boxes and the 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 older you get, the more clear that becomes and you know and so I don't fit a box and I don't want to fit in a box and that's totally fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Um, I, I had to write that down. Actually, you don't need to be talented in art. You just need to be curious. My goodness, because yeah. that's, that's one of the things that, that squashes so much artistic ability or artistic uh, desire actually is somebody over there who says you have no talent mm -hmm. and it will just, it'll make them so they want to quit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are so many people that quit or stop trying just because they believe, there is this common belief that there needs to be a talent. Um, a lot of the things that we can do as human beings has to do with uh, showing interest in doing something and applying yourself and practicing because a lot of the things are actually skills. I mean, not perhaps not everybody will be dancing Swan Lake, for instance, you know, but everybody can do stretch to the point that you could do the split. It's just, do you want to do it or not? Because it needs that you practice it every day. I mean, no ballet dancer, um, if after a couple of months uh, not practicing, for instance, will immediately jump into a split, for instance. You know, it's those kind of things. Things take practice. Mm -hmm. um, every, every athlete, 
take sports people, the same thing. Every athlete needs to practice on a daily basis to stay on top of their sport. Um, and so it's the same thing, you know, if you apply yourself, if you, of course, there needs to be a love and an interest for something for you to apply yourself and to practice, you know, and, and to do the thing um, more so that you get better at it. But it's, it's a skill that you can practice. And it's, Usually the preconceived idea of there needs to be a certain talent and otherwise you can never be good enough. Mm -hmm. everybody, everybody learns to write. Everybody learns to walk. Everybody learns to cook something, you know, and it's just, do you love it enough to practice and play with the, with the thing that you're doing and, and see, you know, if you can be creative in that way. I mean, chefs that create beautiful meals they just enjoy cooking so much that they do it more and they try out more things and they go outside of the box of the recipe to find new things new things together you know to put together to to make beautiful and tasteful meals so it's all the same thing uh -huh. it's just as belief so that's why i think it is so important to to crawl into your mind and and work on your mindset and i think it's it goes very well together. You know, you, you start to reflect and you start to think and you start to examine your own way of thinking and, and your mindset about a lot of things. And, and then weave that together with your creative outlet. And, and everybody has a certain creative outlet. Some people do music, some people do dance, some people do gardening. There's always a creative outlet. Everybody is creative, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all have something that we can create. So what does it mean when you call yourself a renaissance soul or a multi-passionate? And you say you like to work with people who are that multi-passionate. What does that mean? So multi-passionate means that you have more than one interest. For instance, my main creative outlet is visual art. I draw, sketch, paint, that is my main thing. But I am very interested in other ways of um, expressing creativity. I love music. Um, I love uh, writing, although I'm not a writer, you know, but there are so many other ways uh, to be creative that I also love. And multi-passionate people, if they take the time and apply themselves to one particular thing, they will will be able to become good at it. They sometimes call, call us multi-potentialites or scanners or polymaths. There are so many words, all labels, right? Um, I love Renaissance Soul because the, f the first or the first one that I have heard described as being a multi-passionate person was Leonardo da Vinci. And he was a, an, a great example of a person that was very capable in many ways of creative expression. Mm -hmm. And so the Renaissance soul, I love, it sort of feels poetic. The word sounds nicer than scanner or, um, you know, yeah, yeah there's, there's polymath sounds more technical. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, the Renaissance sounds to me, uh, it sounds richer and, yeah. and deeper somehow. So yeah. I like that as well. So, um, so when did you discover that you needed to do some things with your mindset? It really all, 
those are things that happen during your life and you're not always tuned in. That is so interesting. Creativity and creative expression has been important throughout my life. I realize that now, reflecting back, I can see that now. But as I said, I grew up in a normal way. You know, my parents supported my creative things, but it wasn't seen as a potential for a career. So I went to school, I, I learned, I studied, I got a job, and I always had my creative things on the side. After the earthquake, so I moved from Holland to New Zealand for a better place on earth, to live in a better place or a beautiful, more beautiful place, a place with more space. Um, I escaped Europe, basically, because I felt it was very, very busy and full and a, a full place with a lot of people has, has, you know, brings about certain problems that I wanted to escape. And I went, we, I went to New Zealand. Anyway, here I was trying to build up a new life. So that was a leap of faith that I took. And perhaps that was the first, the first attempt to break free, mm -hmm. um, really free. And then I fell into the same the same red race hamster wheel kind of life you know i try to fit in try to set up life find the work find work and all that and basically i started repeating certain things that i had been doing back in europe and even though this place was a lot bigger uh, or a lot um, opener with less people more nature it was beautiful all that i started going into that same red race of work 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 you know to to pay the bills and um and it just didn't make any sense i had the kids and i always say probably the earthquakes that i experienced had to happen for to shake me awake you know to really shake me up and um because in an instant everything everything just stopped you know we had no power we had no sewage we had no electric no water nothing so it was really like you had to stop and just there were no distractions and you it, it was a point where i really needed to reflect what is important in life um what are we going to do next because we almost lost everything we had you know um and now we had two kids so it was very interesting um that those times I had my journals and my art and I, 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 there was enough time to do anything because we, there was no way to go to work. The work wasn't there. You know, everything was broken. So it was a very still period, a very eerie still kind of period, except for the aftershocks that, that kept going. But, you know, in between, it was very quiet because of, because of the fact that there was no power. There were no radios, no, no televisions. You know, it was very, very still. And um, and I was just journaling and, and, and using my art to, to make sense of it all. That was my, my way of coping with it. And I had a lot of other um, women in the neighborhood that said, Joyce, how are you coping with this? You have no family support here. You're just really alone. Um, and you seem to do better than us, you know? emotionally and I said well I have my art I have my art journals and so we started doing things together and I realized that by for me sharing how I was coping and using my art to get through this really dark uh, period I helped them as well and it really lifted their spirits up as well so I started teaching I already taught um, art 
classes. Um, but this time I really felt the deeper meaning and it made that connection that by me using that art as a healing tool, as my medicine, and by reflecting at the same time, because I'm a mixed media artist, so I put a lot of layers together. And I say now, for me, by putting the layers, you know, by adding layers in my work, I un unfold layers of myself mm -hmm. at the same time. It's, it's like um, it's reverse osmosis. I don't know how, you, how I would call it. I, I'm always trying to find a nice word for it, but it's, it's a reverse motion. So I add layers in my art, and at the same time, I, I peel open things in my own soul and in my own mind, you know, that answers appear to questions that I've been asking myself. And, you know, you give yourself the time to, to, to create and, and slow down time and it can all happen. So, so that was really the, the, the moment where I felt like there is a connection. There is really a connection between um, being creative and, and working on your mind at the same time. It, it is not just a creative expression, like I'm going to paint um, uh, a landscape and then I'm gonna sell this painting it's not that I make art for the process um, and if other people love it afterwards that is great you know that is wonderful but for me the creation of it is really to to help myself to for myself mm -hmm. yeah, to soothe my own soul and 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 make my own heart sing and you know and that is that is really it's the the making the creating of art and i think that that is for poets for writers for dancers for musicians the same thing they create the things that they make for themselves to make themselves feel good in the first place and i think that is also when others feel that energy there's an energetic um uh, thing happening you know in i put my energy into my art and then others can pick that up again Mm -hmm. and benefit from that yeah yeah, yeah. so so that's so, really, yeah. that's really cool that um art is therapeutic to you and people yeah. love it and buy it <laughs> yeah and then it's therapeutic for them as well you yes, know because it because, because it resonates with them mm, yeah. yeah 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 exactly so where do you think that that creativity comes from I, well, I had a grandfather who um you know also and now that I think about think back about things. Um, I think he was very, uh, very much a multi-passionate person. He was very good. He had a little shed. Um, I remember staying in the weekends with my grandparents and he had a little shed. My grandmother never went there. It wasn't interesting to her, but he had his little art things there. He did, um, he worked a lot with wood. Um, he had little, uh, he, re he, he did a little repair jobs around the house and he had this um, sort of clay material that he used to fix um, cr cr cracks in the windowsills and things. And we used to make little, little uh, figurines out of that. And um, I was always allowed to play in his, in his shed. And yeah, he, had, he did wood carving and, and wood inlay work. I definitely think that he, he was the creative one. And my mother is creative in her way. And I picked it up, I guess, from her. And I just run with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and you find creativity very satisfying. So where do you feel it? 
where do I feel it? I so I drop into my there's a place here, my diaphragm place. That's where I feel that I find my force, my you know my gut. I guess when I when I start creating, I feel that there is a sort of a drop. That's a drop into my soul. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So out of my head, it's not. I don't think. I don't think about time. Um, thoughts come into my head or come are sent from my soul to my head. I think that is more so. But you know, it's very internal, and it's it's very much that I now feel like I drop into that place, and then I create. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a very good way to describe that process. Thank you very much. Um, it's because you had said a couple of things, like you said, it makes your heart sing. Well, that's yeah. not that's not a head thing. <laughs> so, no, that's not a head thing either. No. So, no. so in order to be really, um, really creative and really tap into that, you have to be very mindful, right? Yes, I think it is. Um, yeah, mindful, but don't think about it too much. You well, know? Mindfulness is not in the head. Mindfulness is <laughs> yeah. in the heart. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so, so, yes. Allow. I think it is all about allowing, allowing yourself to give yourself time, give yourself the space, and allowing. And it's almost like a um, surrender feeling. You know, mm -hmm. surrendering to to yourself. It's mm -hmm. like. And then you drop, and then you sort of drop into that place. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. have to let go of all of the judgment, the yeah. pre, the prejudgment of I'm not going to be good enough to create what it is that I want to create. Mm -hmm. and, and if you just kind of drop into that and just let it come out, then how do you know? It might be wonderful. And then, and then it's not it's not really important about that, really, is it? It is about the process. So you, so it's not like I'm going to create something wonderful. It's just I'm going to create. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm going to create because it makes me feel good. Because it uh, lessens my load. I I sometimes ex describe it as it's like you walk around with a backpack and all these things that you see happen or that you experience um, are, are carried in your backpack. You know, things that have happened, things that you're dealing with, uh, things from outside, uh, bills that need to be paid, thoughts, that, things that you need to remember. Everything is in that backpack and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Um, and then when I create, it's almost like opening the backpack and just throwing it all out. Mm -hmm. And it's, it lightens, it lightens the load. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then you're ready for the next. So you don't think about all those, um, all those things or you dump it into your art. It, it's a process. It's, yeah, that is, that is what it is to me. It's not about I'm going to create something beautiful. It's about I'm going to create. I'm going to just pour it all, everything that builds up the energy, all the things that build up inside, they are going to be in that creation and whatever happens after that is whatever happens after. Yeah. So it's, it's without judgment then that's, yeah. that's great yeah. because we so often judge everything before we even start. So, yeah. That's great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's wonderful. Yeah, sure. uh, we're going to have to take a small break here. So please come back as I continue the conversation with Joyce Vanderlelli. And um, she's just given us some great ideas about uh, creativity and we're going to be talking more about how she guides other people. So please come back.
Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So, here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and I'm interviewing Joyce Van Der Lilly, and she is a mindset mind mentor, creative strategist, and artist, and she's created a program called the Fierce Female Force and the Find Yourself Find Yourself. No, I could find your force there. <laughs> well, it is find yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what it said to me is like find yourself. Yes, it sounds wonderful. So, do you want to tell us about that? Yes, um, I as I as I mentioned earlier, I do create a lot, and I found that it helps others. It can help others as well. If I share the ways that I use my creativity and my <coughs> exercises, uh, if I share that with others, it can be very beneficial to them as well. And um, many have asked, can you, can, can I, can you teach me how to do that? Can you help me? Because um, it seems like, even though the experiences that I've had have been dark, I seem to shine more light. I seem to um, hop, skip, and jump through life um, to others, you know, and then they, they hear the things that I've been through. They, they go, wow, and how can, you, how can you approach everything with so much fun? And, you know, it's all, it all has to do with how, how I um, interpret the things that happen. I think, and that is, and that is so interesting to others. They want to do that as well. So I teach them that. Yeah. And, 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 and I thought this is, it, there's this contradictory thing about uh, feminine is all heart and soul and beautiful. And I, I was actually running it as a business, which is then seen as very left-brained. And there was this whole thing happening when, after the earthquakes, we moved to the North Island of New Zealand. Um, we settled the kids. I started my studio. I started teaching again. And I needed to grow a little bit more because, you know, I ended up being the supporter of financial supporting my family. Um, so I was doing a lot of work and business and people that would ask about my story because they were interesting, interested in it. They would say, oh, so you're, you're doing this and what does your um, partner do? And I would say, well, he's a house husband. And New Zealand is a very open and wide country, but it's still very traditional in ways that they thought 
there must be something wrong with him. Why is he at home? Why is he not the breadwinner of the family, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I felt the reaction of me was very interesting in that very early stage that I felt I needed to come up with an excuse. And, um, and, and yeah, I felt a little bit strange. I had to defend the fact that I was bringing in the money, you know, and, and that I was a woman doing that. And, that we had reversed roles. And for us, it was totally fine. But there was this really, there in this, this internal fight between my masculine and feminine kind of energies. And I started reading, a, reading up about it more. And, you know, and that's really why I chose to call it the fierce female force, because I wanted to know that, yes, I am a female. I am a woman. I am fierce, though. You know, I've overcome a lot of adverse um, things that happened in my life. And there's this force. I think every woman knows that we have, we are very strong, you know, and very resilient. And, and it comes out in the, in the worst periods of our lives. We usually are the strongest. So I wanted to incorporate that in my um, business name, if you will. So that turned into the fierce female force. Mm -hmm. It was sort of an, um, uh, I sometimes use words or, or things that I create to, um, to underline things for myself. So by reading and writing The Fierce Female Fours, every time I would tell myself it is okay to be a woman and, and, and be the breadwinner of your family. It is okay to be a woman and to be strong. And it is okay to be fearless and fierce. And, you know, so it's, it's very much to tell myself it's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You know, and um, so, yeah, some people perhaps might not resonate with it. That's fine, too. You know, so for me, a woman, it's not fat. Mm. Some said, oh, this this sounds very feminist. Um, and yes, I think I am. But I'm I'm also not not uh, discounting men at all. It's not that, you know, it's not that I, I go, look, I don't want anything to do with any masculine or male or whatever it's not that it's just i wanted to know that a woman can be independent and free and looking after herself and financially supporting herself and her family and her loved ones whoever they are around her you know she chooses i want independence for women i want to uh, that's my passion i want every woman that wants to to be independent financially, emotionally, in, in every way. Mm -hmm. So that is my goal, really. That is the women that I help are seeking that. They are mm -hmm. seeking to, to create their life, their work in a harmonious way for themselves and, and potentially be independent. I see too many women that for, for various reasons end up uh, perhaps alone or, or in a situation that they need to carry uh, responsibilities financially as well on their shoulders that they suddenly feel lost or or um, perhaps unworthy or 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 they don't know where to go or to start even you know and I want that I want everybody to be free and independent in every way yeah Mm -hmm. That's yeah. wonderful. So, so when somebody comes um, to you and says that they want to work with you, how does that, what does that process look like? How do you begin to guide them? So first we have a talk, of course, to see if it's a fit. Um, because I, I, 
I don't walk on eggs. I tell things straight. You know, I, maybe that's my Dutch heritage. I don't know. Um, the things that I, the, the, uh, the way that I think about things is the way that I, that I say it. So I don't, I don't go around corners or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's very straightforward. So first we have a talk and we see if it's a fit. If we resonate um, with each other and with the ideas. And, and then I come up with ways to, um, to, to, to dive into each person to see what their uniqueness is. Because that is with creatives, we are not all the same. And because we are creative and we express ourselves in different ways, um, certain tools that I use may not be uh, the ones that work for you, but then I have a toolbox full. So we, you know, we can sift through my toolbox, my, you know, my stash of, of exercises and see which ones will, will be just right for you. And, and that is the beauty about it. I call it sometimes weaving like a magic carpet. So if you think, if you think about a woven carpet, it is threads that go together, that are woven together. And the threads can be a different color, you know, the things that, that work for my magic carpet might be slightly different than they are for your magic carpet, but eventually your magic carpet will carry you to your dreams, you know? Um, I, I, I love to work with metaphors. I love to work with, um, with, with different ways of expressing and, and putting together the, the special the special talents, well, talents, the special things about people um, that are unique to them. So, so that is what we explore first, you know, what can be your magic carpet? And then we create that. We start to create that. And at the same time, during the exercises, we, we find the things that are holding people back, that are holding, you know, that are, that are putting up barriers on, on the path. So it's very much multi-passionate people are very easily distracted as well. Um, <laughs> you know, it's this shiny object syndrome. Thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yes, let's do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and let's try this because it looks really interesting. And yeah. that is the difference. So multi-passionate creatives have extra challenges. And that is why I believe it is very important to, to work with somebody that, that feels that, um, you know, because it is a little bit different, you know, yes, we will have a goal and we will have a dream or, you know, something that we want to reach. The thing is, if you do that on your own and you, you, you sway on that, it's like a dance and, and you sway on that path towards your goal. And it, there's a time that it doesn't really gel. It doesn't really flow that nicely. And then there's this other shiny thing there. It's like, oh, well, this doesn't really go so well. So I'll just abandon that and I'll go and do the next thing. But then it, then that hap when, when that happens, you end up with all these half-finished projects, which I'm sure that many <laughs> relate to. You know, oh, there's another work in progress. <laughs> so yeah. um, I don't call them unfinished projects. I call them you know, works in progress, but you, you don't want to overwhelm yourself with too many works in progresses either, you know. So there are certain ways that are um, unique to working with creatives and, and, and it's, it's very exciting and it's an adventure. It's really, it is an adventure. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to do, but there's, so there are extra challenges that come up when a creative person 
wants to reach a goal and, fi- and finish, it, finish the project, you know, and finalize that. So, yeah, so it's an interesting mix to make creativity your career because there are extra challenges to, to make it, but they, they're, I think they're so worth it. And um, yeah, they're beautiful adventures, I call them with my clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if um, obviously it's right brain to be creative, but business requires the left brain. So it's, it's, it's also multi-brained, I guess, if you would call that. So how, how do creatives actually go about starting their own business? There needs to be a will. <laughs> yeah. Um, there needs to, I think there needs to become, there, there needs to come a point where you say, look, I no longer settle for having creativity just as my hobby. Mm-hmm. For me, for me it, it, it came to the point where, you know, that's way before the earthquakes even, um, that I had a job during the day to pay for the bills and then at night I couldn't wait to come home, quickly have dinner and then do my creative stuff. And I would stay up all night as long as I could to, to do that because I felt um, my life was worthless without the, the hours that I could spend on my creativity. Mm-hmm. I was talking to another mother from from school one day and um and she said she came to pick up her daughter she had been playing with my daughter and she goes wow you're doing all that when do you do that i said well i do that after work at night and she goes when do you go to bed and i said well it's never really before midnight and she goes oh wow i said what time do you go to bed then and she went to bed really early you know and it's fine everybody lives their life their way but she could not believe that I stayed up that long to do my thing. And I felt like, wow, if I would go to bed at the time she goes to bed, I would not have a life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it felt to me. So that really made, made me think I need to find a way that I can create during the day, during the normal hours that, you know, and that I can still get my rest because I was running myself, you know, down because I just didn't have enough uh, sleep. But it, at the same time, it energized me so much because I finally got to create. So I didn't, I didn't feel bad about feeling tired, but I was, my body was physically tired, you know? Because um, that, that is a strange thing that happens. You get energized by creating and, and you want to stay up longer and create more. It, it just fuels the fire that is within, you know, that's the passion. So there needs to become a point where you say, okay, I, I, I need to do this as my work, as my main career. And, and then open, be open-minded to allow some left brain activity to run it as a business. And, but, but I've, so I've created fun ways to do these kind of left brain things. Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't feel so businessy and it doesn't feel so um, so boring, you know. It is included into the creative process. It's sort of woven together again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's definitely a novel approach. Is it when you think about all of the stuff that goes into again creating a business, but it doesn't feel the same. 
Mm. Most people, it doesn't have the same satisfaction of creating a piece of art. So it's um, interesting that you said that you've, you've created something so that it's more fun. Yeah. Well, see, I've got, a, I've got one sister and all my life uh, it was like, oh, my sister was so much like my dad. She's so businesslike. Mm-hmm. And I was this dreamer on my cloud, you know. Um, but I'm actually supporting my family with what I do and all my creative stuff. So there you go. I have, I have created a business for myself in a very, very creative way. Mm-hmm. And so I have proven even before I realized it myself, I've proven that it is possible to, to make it your career, you know, and, and I don't feel like it is, I am a running a, a, a very boring business. Like it's not like that. I feel like I'm playing every day, you know, every, every task that I do in my, in my creative business feels like it's fun and play. And that is what I focus on all the time. That's what, and especially after the earthquakes, I just don't want to do anything that's not fun and feels free for me. I want to be able to decide the things that I do on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's part of what you help other people learn how to yes. do. Yes. I want everybody to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. That is wonderful. So what would be the best thing to start with today? Allowing yourself to do what your heart tells you now. Don't put it off. So if you have, if you have this, this dream that's been going on, because it's usually little voices that we hear right inside, you know, the little voice that says, oh, I wish I could do that. But if there is a but, you know, then, then that's the, usually that is the thing you want to do. I want to do this thing, but, and then you give, you give an excuse or a reason why it's not possible. Then listen to that first or, or focus on that first part of your sentence. What is it that you wanted to do again? And then leave out the rest after the but, you know? Mm-hmm. So I want to, uh, oh, I wish I could be a dancer. Well, then you can just start today what are what is the first step to become a dancer you want to be a writer you know i wish i I wish i could write a book like harry potter but Mm -hmm. well you can what what do you do when you start to write a book you grab a pen and you grab a piece of paper and you start writing start writing a few lines you know you want to be a painter start painting or drawing something just forget about the but the excuse that you put afterwards why you couldn't do it you start with the and start step by step. Nothing goes, not you know. You don't run up uh, up a mountain in one in one step. You need to go step by step to get to the top. So you just go step by step, and but you you start. You know, you start with what you're dreaming about. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that anything that somebody dreams, there's a reason you dream it. The reason is that your, your soul, your inner energies are actually capable of making it come true. You just need to allow, you just need to uh, open the door for you to actually start doing it. And a lot of people, a lot of people sit in a little cage where they hold the door shut or they sit in a room where, the door, where they are the ones that keep the door closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's opening your mind and opening and allowing your dream to come through. Yeah. Do you have the same issue that some of the, um, the 
most famous artists have commented that they've not been able to get what's in their head out onto the paper or to whatever medium they're working with. I think that's a constant. Like we are a work in progress, all of us, all the time. And when you are thinking and you're creating, it's, it's a practice of trying to make a visual to others what goes on in your mind and that's uh, and that is why we need to practice it regularly on a daily basis because you you need to find ways to show it, it there's always more there's always more you know it all there's always something deeper further away um, you know on the fringes that there that's also part of what you actually want to portray and that is what I said like I create for my um, for my feeling good and then if somebody else afterwards sees what I've created and and connects with it it means that they feel a certain connection with the energy that is in the piece um, and and it's the same thing like you read books for instance and the things that I read from a book might be different than what you read from a book um, a very interesting example is that if you see a film made from a book, sometimes uh, the filmmaker has actually read other things from the same story than you might have seen mm -hmm. in your in your visualization of the story. So that is that not everybody reads the same things from a piece of work, whether it's a book or an artwork or. Um, a piece of music, you know, there are, there are layers between the sentences and, and meanings between the layers that some people pick up one and other people pick up the other. And for the creator, uh, him or herself, there's always more. There's always more that has not made it onto the paper or has not made it into the dance or has not made it into the music. Yeah. And that is why we keep creating. You know, you try again, you try again to get to get that little bit better or to get that little bit clearer in, in whatever you create. Yeah. What do you think happens to people who don't respond to that yearning in their soul to create? I find it so very difficult to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, the people that, that have a yearning in their in their soul and they don't give they don't allow themselves to uh, to follow that path i think they can become um uh what's the word uh, disappointed disillusioned a bit at the you know you see a lot of um people at their and at their later stages in life and they go oh if only i had done that more you know they feel like they have missed out on something they feel that they haven't they haven't done what they were here to do mm -hmm. um and they feel sad about it and and that is that is again something that i um personally don't want to become like that i don't want to become like that i want to say at, you know at the end of my life i want to say well i've I, at least i've gave, given it a really good try you know i really i really followed my heart i think the people that follow their heart they are the happier they are happier as they grow older as well. Mm -hmm. See that they keep a spark in their in their eyes. They keep they keep being alive, you know. And um, and that's my my aim. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I don't want to grow old. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. So um, how can the women who have heard this and their, what you're saying resonates with them, how can they reach you? Well, if you find me one place, you find me everywhere. Everything is linked. So I'm on, uh, I've got a website called thefiercefemaleforest.com. Uh, there's also joycevanderlely.com. Uh, there is a Facebook uh, page connected to the website. So you can find me on Facebook. Uh, there is an Instagram. Um, it's Joyce from the Lely. Just Google my name um, or the Fierce Female Forest and everything will come up and it's all linked and I'm always there. Uh, people can email me, uh, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just an open book. I'm really, I have nothing to hide. I think that um, those that resonate, please reach out. Yeah. Because today is uh, as good, you know, today's the best day to start anything that you are dreaming about. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the last word of words of advice that you would like to give somebody? Follow your heart just take a leap of faith you know i i always say you can fly you just need your wings and and the best way is to jump take a leap of faith and you will find your wings on your way so it's often that um perfectionism or or saying that i'm not ready yet uh, so I need to do this first and this first and this first before I even start on my next path. I think that is, um, that is not necessary. You just start. Start and you will find the things on the way. Uh, Picasso said the same thing, you know, inspiration will come to you when you're working. There, you know, people that are sitting there thinking, thinking, thinking in their head and waiting for inspiration, it will never come. But when, when you're working, when you're doing, everything will fall into place. So you need, to, you need to give the universe the sign that you're actually moving in that direction of your dream. And then the things that you need will miraculously show up. And the people that you need will miraculously be there as well. So if you are listening to this podcast, then there is a reason that you tuned in today. There's a reason that you are listening to everything that we are talking about. And, um, and yeah, react, take inspired action. Wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Joyce, for, for joining us today. I really appreciate the things that you have said and you've reawakened a, a desire in me to just kind of, oh yeah, I forgot. I used to create a lot more than I do now. So I think I'll probably just go do something. <laughs> so awesome. thank you. Yeah, that is wonderful. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.